And we got five, four, three, two, and action. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time again for your favorite podcast, The Con Man and the Cop. This is episode yep. number two. We're moving along quickly. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? I'm all right, Steve. How are you doing? Well, I don't mind telling the audience about my little um, mishap today. You know, I come from the background of being on the streets, really, con man, making money. I know nothing about electronics or podcasts or plugs or microphones. And every time we start doing this, it takes like forever to get it started. And today I kind of lost it because I got frustrated and not being able to hook up this microphone the right way. So I wanted to apologize for that. It's but it's a very frustrating great, thing we... to want. It's sounding great, and well, we've got it all worked out. So uh, it all worked out in the end. I think it's all good. Okay, everything's fine now. We're all broadcasting again. Episode number two, Comment in the Cop. And tell us, Ryan, why this is different than any other podcast and why people should be subscribing to this one and not going anywhere else for their white-collar news and views. Well, for, for one, they won't get any entertainment because... This is a totally hilarious and entertaining podcast, so you have that. And it is the only podcast anywhere that we are aware of that features a law enforcement man and a con man with real credentials on both ends discussing what's going on in the world of scams and white-collar crimes. We're not just talking about serial killers and all those things like all these other podcasts do. We are actually talking about issues that many of you are far more likely to be victimized by than getting killed by a serial killer. Am I right? You're absolutely right. And the other thing is, we're not only going to tell you what's going on, we're going to tell you how to avoid being taken advantage of, how to avoid your friends being taken advantage of, and your family. And you're not just getting this from somebody who writes textbooks or private investigator or a lawyer. I am a real certified legendary con man. I've got a Wikipedia page telling you who I am, what I did, and there's maybe one or two other people alive that are more famous of a con man than I am or who've made as many millions of dollars as I did. And now I am teaming up with a actual real law enforcement officer who's awarded and celebrated in his community, who's made a lot of huge busts and arrests and we're teaming up together, two opposites that have got together to fight a common goal, which is white collar crime in America. Yep, and it is a problem far more under-recognized than any other type of crime out there. I've talked about it on my podcast, my individual podcast, not this one, but I'll say it on here, that it gets nowhere near the media scrutiny that this normal street crime will get. And as I've said before, most people out there listening to this you are far more likely to be taken advantage of by a scammer than you are to be killed by a serial killer or even be a, ran a victim of a random act of violence. So awareness is where it starts. And I don't think at this time, and that's what the goal of this podcast is, the public is anywhere near aware as they need to be of what's going on in the world of white collar crime. Well, the thing is this, and this is, I'm sure you'll agree with this. And that is when someone perpetrates a violent crime on someone else there's evidence of it you know somebody cannot rape a woman without her knowing what's happened to her but with white collar crime they're so slick 
and so technologically advanced that you might not know that someone got your money or fooled you until you go to the bank at the end of the month and get your statement and see that your money's gone. It's very, very high tech now, and the average age. Tell them, Ryan. The average age of people being victimized now in the twenties, I believe, right? Yep, but where where it used to be in the seventies or eighties, it's now in the twenties, and they say a person is victimized like every second in America, and it's the highest highest percentage of crime than anything else. Really, there's more people committing white collar crime than any other crime because. You, Like you said, you don't have to go out and kill anyone or do anything bad. You just have to be able to outsmart them. So that's what we're here for. And you're going to get all of the tips from the two sides of the street, from the law enforcement side, from the con man side. And regardless, all the bad things I've done, I've totally turned it all around. I'm even going to show you how to use all of the bad things I've done, all the skills I've accumulated over the past 30 years. And how to use that to your advantage in your own business, so you can make money, influence people, and do it all 100% legally. Good idea, Steve. I think that's all the more reason why people should tune in. Because、uh, I mean, I learned things from talking to you, and hopefully, people、uh, on here will as well. I was going to get your take, though. I know the last time I said I was going to catch the、uh, Catch Me If You Can movie because I did the podcast on Abigail and.、Uh, I found it a little bit interesting, but I know from what I read of his story and what I saw in the movie, as is usually the case, the movie was certainly not a hundred percent accurate. Oh, the movie is not accurate at all. This is the guy who's done absolutely nothing as far as a con man does. He puts con men to shame, even trying to include himself in that group of people. That's like watching Monday Night Football and telling everyone、uh, you're the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. You're not, and he. He's not. I met the guy once. I was at a public speaking engagement. He was one of the speakers. I thought he just crawled out from under a gravestone. He looks like a funeral director. He has no personality. He's very dry. And all he did was con some airlines into giving him a free ride on the plane because he had a pilot's badge on or something. And obviously, he doesn't look or act like Leonardo DiCaprio. But yeah, it was a good movie though. It was set in the right time period. Very artistically done, but that guy couldn't tell you anything about fraud or crime or what's going on these days. He's not going to know anything because he has some company where they he helps protect the company from getting bad checks or something. That's his big thing, the checking thing. Yeah. Well, here's what you can do with his checks: you can take him and his checks and let them do whatever they're going to do. Because if you really want to have an entertaining podcast, you can listen to. And if you really want to learn about white collar crime and also learn how to not become victimized by it, this is the very, very best place to put your four dollars and ninety nine cents a month. Because like no other podcast, if you're ever unsatisfied for any reason, we will refund your money immediately. And so far, nobody has ever asked for their money back on any of our podcasts. Ryan's. Award-winning podcast is called White Collar Crimes. It's been on for a couple years already. My individual podcast that I had going before I started this one is called Scam Junkie. Nobody's complained. All we get are nice, you know, comments and feedback. And 
This is the big one, though, folks. The con yeah, man and the groundbreaking. Yes, this one's the groundbreaking this is history. one. And, and we are glad that you are going to be a part of it. And as I, you just pointed out, I think it can't be said enough is how easy technology is making it now. And I think this one of the reasons, I think we said this on the last podcast, a lot of young people think they can't be victimized by fraud because they think, since I'm tech savvy, I would never fall victim to a scammer but as you just pointed out the statistics are showing quite the opposite the majority of the people getting scammed now are younger people as we just talked about on the last podcast and it's worth repeating here that no matter what age you are out there and how savvy you are there are people out there that are going to be good enough at one point or other to pull one over on you again i've been victimized by a scam before and i know steve even you said you have as well i've been victimized by scams I've been victimized, my family's been victimized, people I know have been victimized, because it's so easy to get taken. You won't even know it. A lot of these people out there that are going to scam you, you're not even going to know it. And there's all different ways to get scammed too. A woman who's trying to get in with you and get you to be her boyfriend so she can spend your money. Well, that's a scam right there. Or somebody who's going to ask you for money for something and bring you back 10 times your money or if they found a winning lottery ticket whenever you're approached by a stranger for anything you better keep moving and not listen to anything they say if they call you on your phone hang up the phone immediately because nobody is going to call you from a bank or anywhere of any important government agency and ask you for personal information you just got to be really really careful i mean look at it this way ryan a cop and a con man, even in the same room together for more than a minute, is going to be uncomfortable for both of them. And, you know, we decided we were going to do this podcast together. And then all of a sudden, who knew we were going to get along so good and get all these subscribers lining up to break down the door to make sure they can get a spot here to be one of our audience members. Because, you know, like I always say, our audience, you're our friends, you're our family. You're not just unknown people out there. Try sending us an email and see if you get an email back. Ask us for a t-shirt. See if you get a t-shirt back. We're very, very, very into our audience. Yes, and we would take any type of episode suggestions. You you know, I throw my email out on my podcast, and I will on this one as well. You can email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com. If you have an idea that you want or even to be a guest on here with Steve and myself, uh, we would certainly welcome that as well because... Uh, Yes, we don't just see you as a number out there. I totally agree. You are part of our family here on the Con Man and the Cop, and uh, we would be glad to have you aboard and hope you can help share this podcast and help us grow this to keep it going even more because, again, we're part of history, but you're part of history by listening and joining in on this as well. Well, not just that. The other thing is that's even more important is that you're a part of something and you're starting out at the very beginning with us which means that as this grows and gets bigger and bigger you'll get along with it now a lot of people have recognized this including SAG-AFTRA I'm sure you've heard about the unions and the actor strike and all that right. well the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA SAG-AFTRA the biggest union in the world this is a SAG-AFTRA licensed syndicated podcast which means that they control the podcast. There's certain restrictions. There's certain things we can say we can't say. There's certain guests we can and cannot have. It's just like a motion picture. You can be in a, a motion picture like Titanic, 
which is the equivalent to a SAG after a motion picture, or you can be in a motion picture with um, Ron Jeremy as the cable TV guy who's going to come over and seduce your family. And it's pretty much that would be the non union one. So you're in good hands because this is all regulated, syndicated by the largest union in the world, SAG AFTRA. And not very many podcasts out there are, especially not that crime junkie one that everyone complains to me about. Yeah, that's a. Uh... That's something that is certainly different, and you know I'm glad you pointed it out because as a SAG after podcast, there are certain guidelines and things like that that you just pointed out, and certain standards that have to be met that don't necessarily have to be met in a non non union one. Correct? A non union podcast, whatever it is, you can put it on the air. They're not going to check you out of who you say you are, what you're doing. It could be two little thirteen year old girls doing a podcast on makeup. Or it could be the guy talking about car repairs, and those podcasts are done by anybody. They don't last more than a few months. They get no subscribers to even keep it going, and they end up going off the air very, very quickly. And a podcast like this one is taken very seriously, and it's regulated and everything, and they have very, very high quality standards that must be met. And man, they. Checked us out like with a fine tooth comb and made sure everything was on the up and up. And、um, because with a SAG AFTRA thing, everything's got to be completely legitimate. And the word they use, transparent, no secrets, you know. And we don't have them here, folks. And that's something we are here. We're just out to get the word out and、uh, entertain too. We hope you have fun listening to us. We.、Uh, Like to think of it as you know the movie Forty Eight Hours. We're both fans of. Now, which one again are you, Steve? Well, remember when we went to that、uh, police function over there, and you're introducing me to some of your police friends, and they were asking you if I was Eddie Murphy, the famous、um, <laughs> movie star. And、um, I remember. I, yeah. And then I went in the bathroom and looked in the mirror, and I said to myself, "My God, I look just like Eddie Murphy, but not like、Ed、he、Ringer. does now. Like 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 he did back then when he did Beverly Hills Cop and Forty Eight Hours and all those things."、So、they say、back、we all have、funny. someone. Yeah, back when he was funny. I don't even know where he is now, but I guess yeah, he made I, enough money where he can stay stay in the house all what, day. Honestly, the what has, I think happened to him was slow settling down, getting married, having kids, things like that. He started doing a lot of the. Family-friendly stuff like Doctor Doolittle, and I remember movies like that. And I think that he just wasn't as funny in that kind of stuff as he was in more of the adult material type things that he did in the eighties. Yeah, and then he kind of fizzled out with all that stuff where he puts on the fat suit, you know, the nutty professor,、yep. or the, he had some girlfriend in a movie that was like six hundred pounds, and she would beat him up all、yep. the time. I mean, just, just some well, and I shit, remember, but.、Um, A couple years ago, they did the sequel to Coming to America, and I was gravely disappointed in that. That was nowhere near as funny as the first one was. Yeah, it's pretty hard hard to get the sequel that's going to be as funny as the original. But、mm. that's why you know what I do. I mean, we've listened to each other's podcasts for a long time, and we all have our own style. And some of the things I do is when I was a con man. I learned to use humor as a way to get people to relax and trust you, because when you're laughing or smiling, you release 
endorphins in your brain that will cause the other person to trust you and believe what you're saying. So it's always good to, you know, let a little humor in and always the X-rated adult type of humor that makes all the women wince. You know, it's that that's the type of humor that people are going to remember. So, you know, I inject little funny things like that when I'm talking to people or anything that's going to create humor and break the ice is very important. I've always like to use humor and then on the other end of the scale you've got your adult type of humor and then you've got your humor you can say in a room in front of your five-year-old kids you know you you know a duck walks into a bar and orders a drink the bartender says will that be cash or charge and the duck says put it on my bill so Dad lots knows. of humor yeah lots lots of humor I got jokes in every area. I can offend every type of race, sexual preference, overweight, underweight, everything. But I, I believe that that helps break the ice. But now that we're together on this, doing this, we can just be ourselves. Use your technique, my technique. It's it. It all works. It's the common goal. We are here to entertain. My goal is this: A, I want to entertain you. B. Secondly, I want to educate you. And if I can entertain you and educate you, then I've done my job. I just, I just don't want to sit there and talk about cases and no. educate you on cases that have already been done. I want to talk about new stuff and how we can prevent things from happening before they actually happen. Well, and I think you pointed out before some of the biggest things we need to be taking up on the radar is how much scamming is going on now with with the uh, gambling and gaming industry as that continues to rise and really become a thing and it has rapidly just in the last few years as it's becoming legalized through different states in the country and whatnot that's something i know you pointed out on your own podcast and on this one something people definitely have to be on guard about because a lot of people like to gamble and do the gaming and things like that and there's plenty of scams out there where they can be taken advantage of in these there are so many gambling scams out there, probably more than any other type of scam. Because gambling, first of all, even without being scammed, you're going to lose your money anyway because it's all rigged against you. You know, the game is rigged and the house always wins. How do you think they build all those big casinos in Las Vegas? It's because everyone leaves their money in the casino. Nobody makes money. Maybe once in a while, once in a great while. But because there is such a allure to getting something for nothing that's part of the scam i would con people and tell them that they were going to make a million dollars overnight and that's no different than the casino having a big slot machine up there that's 10 feet tall with a million dollar payoff there that's all ready to pay off and you could be the next one to win it's all based on greed all of it Le legitimate scams legal scams is all a part of it but the gambling scams oh i wouldn't want to be caught up in that well, I wouldn't, and and I think it doesn't get near enough attention at, at how addictive it is. I mean, there are some levels that I've seen where it can rival drug addiction. I did one in the fairly early days of my White Collar Crimes podcast on Art Schleister, who was a college quarterback star back in the early 80s and very briefly played in the NFL. And if you go back, folks, you can listen to that one. It's a couple years ago in the early days on, but he... His career was derailed and he spent a ton of time and is actually in prison right now because he just became a hopeless gambling addict and was committing 
enormous amounts of fraud, uh, check scams and things like that just to get the money to gamble. I mean, just it destroyed what was once a very promising athletic career, had the potential to make a lot of money, but he simply was overcome and horribly addicted to gambling, as bad as any addict I've seen that gets addicted to drugs. Well, what was the name of that very, very famous baseball player who ruined his whole career because they found out he was betting on the games? Oh, Pete Rose. Was, yeah. Did yeah, a podcast Pete Rose, on him, black, too. Blackballed forever. Yes, that's kept him tell, out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, let me just tell you something that will explain it all. You got a drug addict that's addicted to drugs, and you got a gambler that's addicted to gambling. You put $10,000 in each one of their pockets. Well, the gambler can take that $10,000 and go ahead and lose it in five seconds. The drug addict can take the $10,000, and if he bought $10,000 worth of drugs and took them all at once, he'd be dead in five minutes. So you can lose a lot more money gambling a lot quicker, and it's more dangerous and destructive. Yes, and I think you've talked about, too, some of the uh, lottery ticket scams that are out there, too, because everybody's trying to hit it. You know, here a while back, we had a was it the Powerball got over a billion dollars and you have people selling them. I believe you talked about it half price to try to lure people into the scam thinking they're getting lottery tickets for half price when they're not buying these from a licensed dealer. So that's that should be the tip right there that that's the only tickets that would be legit. But a lot of people are falling for that too, as you pointed out. You've got websites that are better made websites than actual, the real ones. And you, you got every state lottery commission website offering lottery tickets for a discounted price that's not even possible and then you've got places like amazon where you can go on there and enter the word fake lotto tickets they actually sell fake scratchers the fake scratch off lottery tickets where every ticket's going to be a winner for $25,000 the tickets are going to look almost identical to the real ones in your state and the con men are taking these tickets, walking up to people in public and saying, look, I just won this scratcher, but I'm not a U.S. citizen and they're not going to let me cash it in. If you cash this in for me, I'll split the money with you. In fact, I'll even let you hold on to the ticket until tomorrow when we cash it in together. Just give me like 500 bucks or something. The ticket's worth 25000 and we'll meet tomorrow and cash it in. Well, that ticket is worthless. And if you do that, you're never going to see your money again. I can remember some of those uh, years ago when I was working at the sheriff's office. We, uh, as a joke, bought those for somebody, and it pulled it off. The prank, we that guy actually thought he had won some scratch-offs, and I don't remember how much it said he won, but it it was, you know, I think it might have been like five or $10,000 or something, you know, believable. And, yeah, he thought he had won, and it, we had to kind of let him know that that was part of the scam. It was a Christmas gift thing, but it was a, it was a joke. Got it from a prank website. And, uh, but you know, a lot of people aren't doing these as pranks. Like you just said, there's people making a quick, easy 500 bucks, uh, off something that's completely worthless. That's, that's so true. But the bottom line with all of this stuff is if you're greedy, you're not going to pay attention to that little voice inside you that's telling you something's wrong. And that little voice inside you is usually always right. So you got to listen to it, but your greed takes over and you're thinking about meeting the guy tomorrow and picking up your money and cashing in the tickets. But even if you're not scamming someone, how cruel is it to give someone a fake lottery ticket and they scratch it off and now they think they've won $25,000 
and they're all excited, and then you go, ha ha, it's a fake ticket, you didn't win anything. That person's going to be so sad and so depressed over that. I mean, it's that's that's not that's a cruel, heartless joke, and I don't condone that kind of joke or humor. When you uh, did, when you were doing scams, would you say greed was the number one motivator? Why, how people that fell into the scams you pulled off? Would you say most were motivated simply by <laughs> greed? Well, scams are motivated by three things. Every single scam you can think of, people fall victim to scams for only three reasons. One is greed. They think they're going to get something for nothing. Two, they want to be a hero. They want to be a part of something big, like uh, donating to charity or helping some doctor get back to the United States because he lost his passport. Some bullshit like that. And you have um, greed and wanting to be a hero. And then there's one other one, and I can't even think of it because greed's the number one, ninety-nine point nine nine. Loneliness, you said percent. before, wasn't it? Uh, you know what? You are absolutely one hundred percent correct. The third one is loneliness, and that's where the women fall victim to the scammers who do the romance scam on them. Well, I'm gonna come back over there to the United States, and I'm gonna marry you. I just need you to help me get my passport and whatever, all the money that's necessary to、um, be together with this person. And they know they're not going to meet anybody, and they know they're just being scammed. But they're lonely, and at least someone's paying attention to them. And that, that's horrible as it is. And then they brag and say, "Oh, I got a boyfriend." You know, that's not, that's not a boyfriend. That's some black dude in Nigeria sitting on a dirt floor with a bunch of other 16-year-old Nigerians conning people who live in the United States. These people never had a career, never had any money, and they're just the bottom of the barrel. And same thing, hang up the phone, get away, because once they get your money, you're never going to get it back. And no one in the United States government. Is going to go after someone for a small amount of money. In fact, what did they say it was? They're not going to prosecute fraud if it's under a million dollars now, because they have too many other violent crimes going on that they need to focus their law enforcement on. It's falling sadly under the radar. It's,、uh, I mean, you have it up to where. People aren't even noticing it, and yeah, sadly, there's a lot of places where they're not able to prosecute it. But people are still falling victim to it. It's like you mentioned the Nigerian scam there, and everybody laughs about the Nigerian prince that had all the gold and fortune that he wanted to share with you. But there were people out there that fell for that, if you remember that, that actually fell for that scam. As ridiculous as it sounds, people actually believe some Nigerian prince was emailing them that wanting to share this massive fortune with them. And I guess people were so desperate or naive, some people actually fell for that. If you're dumb enough to think that someone who has millions of dollars wants to share with a total stranger, then I don't know if you deserve to lose your money, but you need to get. Get your head examined somewhere along the way, because nobody's going to give you something for nothing. Nobody's going to give you an oil well that's going to make you a million dollars a month. Nobody's going to give you a、um, no doctor is going to fall in love with you over the phone who needs your help getting back into this country. You just got to have a little common sense and realize, okay, you're lonely, but you're not going to be stupid. And you're definitely not going to be greedy because you've lived your whole life this far, knowing that there is no free lunch, and it's not about to just happen right now. So instead of padding these scammers' pockets with money, learn yourself what you did, 
to become a victim, learn from us how not to become a victim, and now you get to learn from both sides of the fence, from a con man and from a police officer on how not to become victimized, and you've got no excuse now. You have no excuse now to fall for any type of scam. Just listen to a new episode once a week, and all of that education and all of that entertainment is only going to cost you $4.99 a month. And that's money well, well spent, if you ask you me. Can, what do you pass, think about absolutely. that? Absolutely. And you could pass that knowledge on to family and friends. And, you know, if you're a fan of this podcast, I hope you are passing this on to your family and friends because there's uh, something out there for everybody to learn. And we hope that uh, we get a chance to pass this knowledge on to a lot of your friends and family as well because, uh, yeah, these scams are out there and people are falling for them. I know uh, even, you know, speaking of technology, look how many people are falling for like these Craigslist scams and things or uh, people show up thinking they're going to buy something someone's selling on the Facebook market or something like that and they're getting robbed. It happens here in a rural area where I live in. You know, I live in a downstate Illinois, which is pretty rural for the most part, but there have been some people robbed in recent years meeting people thinking they're going to buy maybe a a new uh, laptop or something like that off facebook marketplace and they get there or, or a new xbox a lot of people get robbed thinking they're going to be buying video games but that's a form of a scam unfortunately some of these turn violent but the scam is still the motive for that to take money from somebody and not give what's promised right because fraud the definition is theft by deception which means anytime you're trying to get someone's money by lying to them, you're committing a scam or a fraud. And theft by deception means you're either outright lying to them, you're telling them a half truth, which is half the truth and half a lie, or you're just mi misrepresenting. Yeah, we've so got is oil Abingale, Is Abingale committing fraud then by saying he's a former fraudster? I think he's... I don't know if he's committing fraud by doing that, but he's certainly not who he says he is. He certainly has not made multi-millions of dollars committing fraud and scams by defrauding wealthy people out of money. I don't think getting a free ride on an airplane or getting to wear a doctor's suit in a hospital, I don't see how these little costumes and charade type of things that he did would even categorize him as a con man. I think that, uh, I don't know. I'm just glad he's not doing it anymore because if he was doing it now, I'd certainly call him up on it and want to see his credentials and want to see what he did to make all that money as a fraudster or as a con man instead of just something that was real tiny and then someone came across and just built on it, you know, and made something out of something that wasn't there before. I will throw this tip career. out going back to that. If you are wanting to meet someone that you are wanting to buy, and there's plenty of marketplaces and things like that on Facebook and all over social media, and then, yeah, there's Craigslist and places like that, absolutely 100% make sure you meet them in a public place. I recommend like a police department parking lot or somewhere like that where somebody is far less likely to... Uh, to try something but and honestly if it can be avoided i would not meet that person alone either because i have seen that most of the time the people that get robbed on these they are meeting that person alone 
I wouldn't even try it, Ryan. I wouldn't. If I was going to buy something, I wouldn't buy it from someone I had to meet somewhere. Because even if these people, even if you say meet me in the parking lot of the police station, these people are desperate. They're hungry for money, and they might even try something in the parking lot of the police station. I just saw in the news the other day these guys just walked up to some cops sitting in a car and just blasted them. I mean, they're being very ballsy these days with the violent crimes they're committing, and they wouldn't. Think twice of it. They walk into department stores, six, seven, eight guys walk in there, and they just start pointing their guns and stealing everything, and then they just walk out. I mean, these people will think nothing of injuring you or killing you. There was a restaurant in Beverly Hills. Some guy was wearing some fancy watch, and people walked right into the restaurant and shot him and took his watch. And、uh, I guess the police eventually caught him, but they still take the chances because. Like I said, they're hungry. They're not making money, and they're desperate. Well, stores are paying the price.、Times. And stores are paying the price for it too. I'm sure, and I've seen a lot of it in your area in California. A lot of these places, some of these、uh, CVS, Walgreens, and a lot of these drug stores and things like that. Walmart in the Chicago area. Walmart has shut down several stores because they simply can't afford to stay open. People are looting and stealing them blind. I'll give you a good example. Yeah, I mean, there's a Walgreens in Beverly Hills, which is a very affluent neighborhood near the area where I, I was living last. And this 24-hour Walgreens, and these homeless people would just walk in, grab stuff, walk out. The manager doesn't have a gun; he's not going to do anything. If he says put the stuff down, get the hell out of here, they're not going to do anything.、Um, in one of the Walgreens in Hollywood, a guy walked in. He Took some stuff, and there was an armed security guard. The guy had to shoot him because he wouldn't put the stuff down, and he wouldn't leave. So what did they do? They put the cop in in prison for killing the、um, homeless guy who wanted to steal from the store.、Uh, it's, it's crazy out there. It's not worth keeping these stores open if you're going to allow someone to come in and just take whatever they want and just walk out the door. If that was my store, and I had a nice.、Uh, Desert Eagle strapped to my waist, and I saw somebody ro <clears throat> robbing my inventory. Believe me, they're either going to be shot right there in the store and bleed to death, or they're going to take me with them because they're not going to walk out the door with my inventory. They're not going to get away with it. I'll go down dying just to make a point because that's like the most. Personally offensive, violating thing to have someone come onto your property and take your shit and walk out and say, "What the fuck are you gonna do about it?" Nothing. That's right, bitch. And then next day, their friends come in and do it. I mean, it's it's horrible. It comes a time when you got to stand up and defend yourself. Well, we've only got about ninety seconds left. Producers just zeroed me in on the time here. Steve, real quick here, why don't you tell them about our Thanksgiving episode coming up? It's a nice time of year, and we're going to be thankful for a lot of things. Okay, pretty soon we're gonna have our Thanksgiving episode. We've also got a holiday special, Christmas episode coming up. Yep. And all of our episodes are equally good. Anyone you listen to, you're gonna learn something, you're gonna laugh, you're gonna be entertained, and most of all, because the holidays are coming up, anyone that emails either me or Ryan and requests a Christmas gift from the Con Man and the Cop, we will send a brand new full color T-shirt, any size you want. Any color you want, with the con man and the cop logo on it, absolutely free as a holiday gift from us to you.
But we look forward to seeing you all back here for Thanksgiving and many more. So thank you for tuning in to this one. God bless. Take care, everybody. And Steve, I'll catch you next time, man. Well, we have to sing our famous theme song because otherwise SAG-AFTRA is not going to be able to charge the producers of the Bad Boy Show um, $100,000 to use their music. So we'll see you next time. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when Ryan and Steve come after you?